0: Good morning, Potemkia. So, I have found another episode that I did that almost nobody saw with the Oklahoma LP Caucus. They were, they had some kind of meeting and then they wanted to chit chat with me about crypto stuff afterwards. So, this is mostly about crypto, but it is kind of, you know, the apolitical politics talk. Um, very crypto centric, though. So, this is mostly about crypto with the Oklahoma LP Cup. I a
1: good job Down in the city Working for the man every night and day And I never lost one minute of sleep And I was worried about, about the way the thing might have been You know that big wind we'll keep on turning Keep on burning. and we're rollin' rolling rollin', yeah, rolling rollin' on a river. Yeah. Welcome
2: to the Oklahoma Mises Caucus Podcast. I'm Kaylin Wiggins, one of our state organizers. One of the biggest issues the Mises Caucus supports is having a decentralized free market economic system, including a free market in money with competing currencies, including precious metals like gold and silver, cryptocurrencies, which we're talking about today, or anything else people want to use as money, instead of having to use government-controlled fiat currencies that can be printed nonstop, which results in a loss of purchasing power and a lower standard of living. In this episode, we're joined by Donnie Gebbert, former military intelligence specialist who has been focused on the cryptocurrency markets for the past few years. Donnie says a lot of stuff you won't hear anywhere else, but if he's right, you'll want to know about it. You may need to listen to this one more than once to wrap your head around it. It's a little advanced in some places. If you want to hear more from Donnie Gebert, check him out at the null hypothesis of politics.com and the Direct Republic podcast. If you want to learn more about the Mises Caucus, please visit takehumanaction.com. Enjoy the show. I'm
0: Donnie uh, Gebert. I wrote two books. I was in the Army and the Navy. Um, I spent the last three three years, maybe three and a half, doing fundamentally nothing but crypto. And I have followed it enough in every way that it can rationally be followed, not so much in the way that it gets advertised on the internet. So. I definitely say things that other people don't say about crypto because they don't know how to do signals intelligence. And I do. It just becomes an entirely different rabbit hole. And everybody's like, what reality do I live in? And I'm like, I'm stuck in reality. You're just going to have to hear about it.
2: Yeah, I've I've listened to most of the episodes of your podcast and I've heard you on on other podcasts. And you do talk about crypto in a way that I've never heard anybody else talk about. And you have like certain expertise that. Yeah, I, I don't know. You're coming at it from a completely different angle than I've heard. Uh, and it's really interesting. Well, you, you
0: have to think about it like this. Uh, everybody's kind of uh, adept by now with video games. These are systems. Bitcoin is spoken of by Wall Street assholes as if it is the great savior. And then it's the first blockchain system. So all the libertarians talk about it like it is the great savior. Wall Street agrees with you. We don't want it. That's and that's kind of the world we live in. Like if you look at your TV and Wall Street says, yeah, it's a good thing. You don't want it. Why? Well, they're selling ex- ETF, right? Exchange traded funds. They're not putting Bitcoin in your wallet. They're selling you a product. This is not peer to peer revolution. This is middlemanism again. Right? That That's really all it is. So then you start looking at Bitcoin as a system. It's 20 transactions per second. It's unscalable. The block times are too far apart. And the liquidity is way too low. 21 million is not going to function for a population of over a billion, let alone seven and a half. And of course, all the Bitcoin maximalists think that Bitcoin takes over the planet. Of course it can't. I mean, you have to just like... When you take Bitcoin maximalism in total, then just add Ethereum into your brain and say, oh, there's definitely a bunch of maximalism. That can't be correct because Ethereum, because Ethereum. So it just gets layered in depth and that's where it gets down to. You got to start me where you're at because I know the whole
2: battle space, but I don't know where you're at on it. So you got to reel me in. I think most of us and the people that are going to be hearing this are pretty new, either like complete beginners or like fairly new to crypto. Can you talk about the differences between Bitcoin and Ethereum? Because those are the ones pe- everyone's heard of pretty much by now.
0: Okay. So Bitcoin came out as this is a proof of concept. That's what it's for. There's no way it would ever be a production model. This is the model T of blockchain. It is absolute- And, and And the beautiful thing is because we have Model Ts and we have Teslas, there are lots of smart people who start doing really good analogies of, here's the blockchain space, here's the Model T. Now, those people are just trying to innovate all the way to Tesla as fast as they can. You and I do not want a global reserve. We do not want the one true coin. We want a basket of sound money coins. They're not garbage. And they're not fraudulent, unlike all the fiat ledgers. That's what we want. So that's kind of where this is going to come about. Bitcoin comes into the world and it is the first of a type of thing. So I love Bitcoin for this thing. You know, It is the granddaddy of blockchain. And the manner in which you can merge mine assures that Bitcoin will just be left around here. It's great. I don't care. Can
2: you explain merge mining real quick?
0: Merge mining is where multiple coins are being rewarded for mining the bitcoin blockchain it doesn't have anything to do with more rewards for bitcoin there's other miners they're mining the same chain so the bitcoin chain gets more efficient because other people are basically sapping whatever you would consider the economic value of bitcoin as soon as you start merge mining that next coin just starts bleeding off that Very high TPS, because you're using the same security system, those coins start getting a a market valuation where where basically they start, they're piggybacking off of Bitcoin. They're cheating, you know, in the way we were all taught to think about it, they're cheating. But in the real world, this is a great way to build a network. The the Bitcoin blockchain is in. It's basically just information, but that's what we want to preserve. We want to preserve information, and we want to make it immutable. Because believe it or not, a bunch of these you know lunatics they just rewrite history uh, on the fly. They'll be rewriting history before our very eyes. If the last eighteen you know eighteen months of two years and the COVID extravaganza, we're watching history be written and rewritten and written and scribbled off, written in crayon. Somebody has to scribble it off then. It's just ridiculous. So that whole thing, using that that one blockchain and then mining it with a bunch of other different coins, the reward system has nothing to do with the Bitcoin blockchain anymore. The reward systems are all on those other, they have their own reward systems, but they're mining that same thing to make sure that the security element is there. The the cool thing about blockchains is they can basically kind of act like the Borg on each other. When one has a good idea, another one can just latch on to the next one and steal. You know, Bitcoin is going to give me my security. Ethereum is going to give me my network effect. Who's going to give me my processing power? You know what I mean? And they're just going to weave it together. And then you get Joe Lubin. He talks about a global operating system. So that's where it all kind of comes together, where the, the mining of a particular blockchain has me- multiple ways to be rewarded and multiple ways to be distributed in a network, not just in Bitcoin. It's designed to be an echo chamber and it's designed to be a belief system. And the echo chamber is designed to beat a belief system into you. So that's why it's Wall Street and ETF and Bitcoin. And when you get out of that space, you stick your head in it's COVID, COVID, COVID. The echo chamber is really kicking everybody's ass now. And it's really, really bad in the crypto space because I have to live in it.
2: Like it's been echo chambery in the crypto space even before crypto started or uh, before COVID started. So for people who are like just getting started and like they they've heard of Bitcoin and, you know, they're seeing other people getting rich or whatever. And how should somebody start? Like you're not a fan of Bitcoin. Do you think it's worth investing in at all? Or are there better ways? Or what do you think? Well,
0: I mean, as far as where you're going to put your dollars, the Bitcoin people made their money. It doesn't mean that USD doesn't go up. The thing is, USD is not a unit of measure. The distance between zero and one is a variable. Therefore, when you're measuring everything in dollars, who knows? I can't necessarily tell you Bitcoin doesn't go to a million dollars. I can't tell you that the fee to send Bitcoin, the transaction fee, will be fifty dollars at a million dollar Bitcoin, that because that's what five thousand satoshis will be if you're and I, and that doesn't mean you're trying to send a whole Bitcoin. Whatever you're trying to send on the network will be will cost you five thousand satoshis, and it'll be a fifty thousand dollar fee, or I'm sorry, it'll be a fifty dollar fee on a million dollar Bitcoin. So. I can't tell you Ethereum isn't going to go way, way up. I can tell you that stuff that's under a dollar is suffering USD inflation very well, because that's how that works. So I I bought Doge at under a penny. I bought Digibyte at like two and a half cents. And I bought Syscoin at two and a half cents. And all of them have done fun. Well, Digibyte hasn't done as well. But as far as what am I trying to do? I'm trying to go between zero and one rather than call it investing I'm saving USD in a system that is not yet adopted and I had to do a lot of homework to figure out who's kind of you know working on adoption and not but as far as when you're when you're saving your dollars you know a savings plan is where you put your your money in it and you just want to get it back out okay that, that's kind of what savings is investing is I'm putting my money in and I expect to get back more I'm just saving in a currency that's less than a dollar so i'm cheating because the dollar is inflating so because i'm i'm spending I'm purchasing stuff at more than one to a dollar. I'm just calling it a savings plan instead of an investment plan. And I'm waiting for the inflation to jump into my pocket or, you know, I'm not inflation. Isn't going to kill me. It's going to help because I have stuff outside of dollar. And, you know, this is just like her, all the Europeans understand currencies. They cannot go for a thousand mile drive and not hit two or three currencies along the way. I know the Euro is handy, but uh, you know, a thousand mile drive, uh, you have to hit certain major roads and you're going to hit enough countries that you might not hit every gas station that'll take a year. You might hit a local currency. Americans don't have anything like that. We just go thousands of miles in one direction. No problem. Same currency, everything's standardized. It just warps your perception about how currency works. And our currency has made our minds simple instead
2: of complex about how currency works. Well, speaking of the dollar, what do you think about like, are we on the verge of economic collapse? Because it's been seems like it's been coming for a long time. And it's like. So ha-
0: always be wary of a narrative. These people are selling you gloom and doom. So be wary of the gloom and doom narratives. Every time you think the economy's collapse, remember, two billion people are going to really try to make that not happen tomorrow. They're going to work at that because that's their job. None of them wants their own piece of it falling apart. And if their piece falls apart, your piece falls apart. So, you know, you got 2 billion other people, same people on your side. It's going to be okay. Is the Fed printing a lot of money? Yes. You see, and that's, uh, again, we go back to the education level and then the pragma- mag- pragmatism of how quickly does can we fix the problem. The German mark went it took four years to to destabilize. In 1919, it was 180 marks to one ounce of gold. In 1921, it was 20,000 and in 1924, it was a million. So you were just washed out, you were really fast. And that was in a non-information age. So how fast could the dollar destabilize? The answer is not, there's nowhere to run. If the lunatics who run the dollar did one thing correctly, They made sure that there was nowhere to run except the global reserve. And then people had to figure their entire life out without the global reserve, without the Swiss system. They have to go. They have to find a way to transfer anything without the Swiss system, without the dollar. If you can buy just because um OPEC will take other than dollars to buy oil. Just because they'll do that doesn't mean any of those payment systems are set up and OPEC is going to send you oil yet. So a lot of work gets done to put infrastructure in for payment systems and uh, you know trust networks and staking operating. You know, there's all kinds of ways to, to deal with stuff. But if those roads aren't there, and a lot of us have been given an impression that the infrastructure around us is a lot more robust than it is if the supply chain management that you're seeing right now is indicative of anything, it's the supply chain wasn't, you know, just in time was sold to everybody as a good idea. There's a great way to have no extra parts laying around and should the thing snap it? Oh, Oh wow. We'll just all have to deal with shortages then. Yeah. What do you think about all the talk of shortages and stuff like that? You think it's
2: overinflated or?
0: Um, The real change is going to come that, it was a dollar centric world and that is here. And this is where most of the dollars were and this is where they make the dollars for the most part. And there are on this continent, there's half a billion people and there are seven billion elsewhere. So the supply chains of the planet are really going to cater to the mass numbers of people. and That is not on this continent. So the if we are going to have robust supply chains, In many things, they are just going to have to start here. Even if those industries have to start from scratch again, you have to start. That's a business opportunity for somebody if they know how. But those those things have to start here because the natural flow of supply chains in the non-dollar centric world wouldn't necessarily come to the North American landmass where you and I can find it anywhere near us. And that is going to be the new world where Americans are going to learn to live. When I say like everyone else, I mean everyone else is going to get a taste of what it's like to be an American. Their supply chain just got shorter and ours got longer, and that's going to be their. You know, un- unless we build out certain things on this continent, they won't be on this continent. And I mean, to give you an idea, Elon Musk just threw his—he throws his um, intellectual property out the window. He has a gigafactory. Here's here's all of the things, schematics, you would need to build a Tesla. Do you have a factory? Nope. <laughs> so you just can't. So some people know that you they, you can't compete with them. They'll tell you all their secrets. And we've been living in a world of lots and lots of secrets. And you don't necessarily realize the most successful people aren't competing with people because of what they know. It's because of how they have developed their business and what they're producing. Go ahead, Ken.
1: I have a question about, so I understand what you're saying, that you're saving your money through currency. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you are investing in any way. And if you are, is it more like you're starting up a business or you're buying land or something like that?
0: I have. Well, no, not like I started trying to do this just to get like this was originally just how how to automate um, any type of legislative body. And and basically, you can, if you look on the Syscoin website, um, there's a reference there. It'll say blockchain as a court of record. And I know you've heard that blockchain is a disruptive technology. I'm not really so much putting, um, after all the research I've done, and then, you know, the last three years, I've been doing a lot of this and not so much working. So I've got 10,000 hours invested in crypto, even though I've only been in it for three years. And As far as would I buy, if I had $4,000 tomorrow, would I purchase Ethereum? No, but that's because I know how I would buy things that are under a dollar like Syscoin or Doge and they have a use case. And as soon as that use case turns on, I'm going to, yes, technically I am investing, but it just makes more sense to people. If you say you're taking your dollar and you're going to buy this and it's, 20 cents or this, and it's 50 cents because you're going to have more. So, it, it, that initial getting in doesn't hurt as much because you took $500. Well, oh, look, I have 1,240 of these instead of 500 now. And then you're sitting around for a little while waiting for some development. But then, uh, uh, ADA, Cardano, it, a lot of the stuff that got pushed in America was five to 10 cents a year ago. And now, much of it is over a dollar. So all of the, what I'm saying is exactly what happened to all of these Cardano people, and and a much of the uh, U.S. based coins are, are kind of they're kind of like the show they're, they're mostly fud. I don't buy any of that stuff. I I, I bought Doge under a penny, and everyone called me a shitcoin expert. Okay, I just bought a car for 300 bucks. Kiss my ass. <laughs> so yep, I'm a bona fide shitcoin expert. I know how that works down to a signals intelligence level. And that's why I would just say save instead of invest. If all of these people are trying to sell you products, they're trying to middleman. I understand that it's hard to get paid for information. As a professional information guy, it is absolutely shit trying to get paid for information. So Rather than try to get paid for information, it's better to work like Elon and just say, here's my intellectual property. Best of luck to you. I'm just good at destroying things. So blockchain is a very disruptive technology. And when I say blockchain is a court of record, I mean, getting rid of legislatures, getting rid of the courthouse, jury selection could be automated by credentialed professionals would be on the juries. All kinds of stuff that people just have fundamentally, a blockchain is the most it is the most destructive thing I've ever heard of. I love it, but it really is the most destructive thing I've ever heard of because it will break. Like, there's a lot of people who are selling bullshit with it now, and people don't know that a blockchain isn't just a good idea for everything, but the stuff it's good for, it is holy shit good for. Just, I mean, and that's kind of the world. Like, it's a little cheeky. We're all these pros, and we're like, oh, somebody else gets to print money. If you are the people who print money, you're terrified of this thing. I'm down here full well-knowing somebody's shitting their pants over it and I'm giggling. I I get to giggle. And these people have been printing money and
2: writing rules for, you know, 100 million people at a time. And now they get to shit their pants and I'm going to giggle. I think you said like 90% of the Bitcoins are in 10% of the wallets. Is that right? That, um, That was historical.
0: I don't. I I can probably ballpark you that it's still 70%.
2: I have not looked in the last six months. Do you know if that's... Are those like Satoshi or like the early Bitcoin people? Or is that, that would include, unknown?
0: That would include this, the Nakamoto wallet. My understanding is that the float in Bitcoin is only about 5 million. And by float, I mean those are coins that have moved in the last year or so. That's not... But... What you really get there is, if there's such a low liquidity, it's very, very easy to leverage the price up or down. So that that's, that's where the volatility comes in. Two years ago, a lot of people, I was even still listening to them, they would be talking to you like they knew how this shit worked. They're they were, they were finance people, they've been in finance a while, and they're gonna talk about this stuff as if they know how it works. Now, you can pretty much tell they don't know. They've been telling me, oh, whales are buying. Whales have been buying for three years. They're not done yet. And then you do the math. There are more millionaires than there are bitcoins. If they were all scrambling to get just one, they'd be fresh out right now. So again, the scale of humanity plus the narrative does not match. So then I, you know, when I start looking deeper, it's, there's a narrative around Bitcoin. There are people saying they're doing stuff around Bitcoin. Bitcoin cannot perform these things without other second layer solutions and other blockchains, that, you know, just the stuff that they're selling. It doesn't make sense. And then there's very subtle clues. Mark Cuban says Bitcoin is art. And then uh, Hunter Biden opens up an art gallery. So he's, And then, you know, the FBI is who stole Ross Ulbricht's coins. So when I tell you the federal government is is so eyeball deep in Bitcoin that humanity can abandon it easily and we don't care, it really is mostly on Ethereum anyway. The network effect of Ethereum and how sleek those smart contracts are, it's a good system. All you have to do is scale it. And when you can make it as secure, if you can make Ethereum as secure as Bitcoin and scale it, you're there. And there's, there's a bunch of people using scaling solutions syscoin is going to be a or the scaling solution for ethereum it is a bit of an interoperability thing so i don't want to say it's going to be the one but if we start looking at who's going to provide much of the horsepower to that it's probably syscoin is probably going to provide 50 percent of a scaling of the horsepower for the first bit of scaling solutions that come up Syscoin will be putting fifty percent of the assets into that, and then the rest of that network will be spinning up together. But, and that's kind of a ballpark guess. But just given looking at those blockchains about who does what TPS as they link them together to try to make them go, Syscoin's already running way faster than than some of the other ones. And then there's when they when they all you know with their powers combined, it's like four million TPS. So that's scaled shopability all over the planet, good what does uh ethereum get
2: tps wise
0: oh ethereum is very low this the point is to find it a scaling solution syscoin you can put erc20 tokens on
2: syscoin and then trade them as fast as syscoin so any of the tokens on ethereum can be moved over to the syscoin network and that's way faster yes
0: okay and then see here's where you got to be like a really good architect but I'm a really good like insurgent. So an architect put SysCoin and Ethereum together. There is a contract on Ethereum called SYSX. And it is an ERC-20 contract. And SysCoin can go right over to to that contract. It's it's a complicated process and you and I do not want to attempt it. But there are reasons and it's kind of like an architect and developer level thing. It's not what normal people in the market would do. My point is, is there is a footbridge that goes from Syscoin to Ethereum with no USD price oracle. Like there's no, it looks like a Borg
2: boarding party. Can you, I've heard you say that. Can you explain what that means? Because I keep, I have no idea what you're talking about. Because,
0: okay, so Syscoin is on, it's
2: basically, Syscoin
0: is a different blockchain than Ethereum. But then there is an ERC-20 contract called SYSX, where the SysCoin will poop into that ERC-20 contract and become ERC-20 tokens. So because there is this very incestuous bridge there, I'm certain that there is a way to run not price oracle. At which point I start wondering, why isn't SysCoin and Ethereum running at one-to-one, at least in USD, because they have a very, very married relationship Along that bridge, those two things touch each other outside of all
2: of the price oracles and all the exchanges. (laughs) I don't, I've heard you say that and I've looked into it and I think I used like Uniswap or one of those decentralized things like that. Yeah. Uh, And I put in, you know, SysX on one side to Ethereum and it was like, you know, 99.99. So it was basically one to one. So I know that there's some legitimacy to what you're talking about. What? (laughs) So I have no idea, like, I don't understand it. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't know what the implications okay. of that are. So here's the easiest way I could try
0: to put it in your head. There's there's a USD Bitcoin pair, and that's where there's one Bitcoin and you get a, U- a Bitcoin price. And then there's a USD Ethereum pair. Well, then there's an Ethereum Bitcoin pair, and it's not measured in USD. It's measured in Ethereum. So at a certain there you you'll start seeing an arbitrage point when. When the, the price of USD or the Bitcoin price goes up way high against Ethereum, you'll start seeing arbitrage opportunities. Ethereum used to be 50 to one with Bitcoin. Today it's under 12. So it while, while everyone has been told, watch Bitcoin and wait for the ETF, Ethereum went from $95 to $4,000 and has been gobbling Bitcoin from the bottom. While, while, you, while everybody watches the US, this is how I know it's Wall Street fuckery. Like if it's, if it's accidental, it'll happen, and then it'll stop. When it's Wall Street fuckery, it'll keep happening and happening and happening. The narrative and the price shift will match. That's bullshit. You can't coordinate an entire market of people trading and then get a narrative out of it. So these people are coordinating. Um, You've seen this with the Robin Hood story where, you know, some of those uh, hedge funds got punched in the dick because the Robin Hoodies coordinated against them. I think there's a little narrative there, but there's probably some truth to it. What you should really understand is that the hedge fund guys can watch the order book, tell everybody, set your 20% stops. They watch all those orders go in, they'll leverage something, knock the shit down, take all that stuff on the cheap and then let it fly. And that's big boy financial warfare tactics, and that's the way it is. So they they tried to do this stuff in the market, but it these systems, when there's arbitrageable pairs that are outside of Wall Street and outside of USD. Those are controlled markets and controlled, you know, the USD is a controlled instrument technically. Well, here's how it's controlled. It's paradoxically controlled by being uncontrolled. It's not a stable unit of measure. It could fundamentally be printed by anyone who has the technology, or if you can open up a digital account and dump digital dollars into it, boom, you you just type yourself money. So these systems have been open and fraudulent in every way. The government has exploited, you know, if you use the word value, it is correct. It is not a word you want to use in association with anything you're doing that you don't want to move. You don't want your ounce of gold to be subjected to value. You want it to be subjected to ounces and purity. (laughs) You want it to be 9999 and an ounce. You don't want those values to change. That's, they get that to change in the dollar. They get it to change. And I can tell you, they basically go sub-zero. Printing up a bunch of money is a liquidity event that the market figures out later. They dump the money on the market and then it goes where it goes and then we see how much the water rises. That's kind of how it works. Well, they're they're just pulling money out of the bottom. So the the fiat money machine is a weapon of war. And these people have not only weaponized the distance between one and zero, but they do know how to cherry pick below zero. Every math trick you can imagine, because the dollar is hinged to nothing. You don't
2: think the, the global economy is going to collapse in the next six months or a year or something like that?
0: No, and I think a lot of those ships are backed up because the payment systems in America, you know, they say it's a shipping container problem. Uh, There's lots of ways where you can um, cut, the regulations in the port of somewhere where you could only stack the the containers too high, where, two, uno, dos, whereas the industry standard and the containers are built for four high. So when some ignorant politician says, I have an empty lot that's only two miles from the port. I wanna rent it out. I will get a regulation that will cause a backflow that will cause not just them to rent my property, but now this guy I know is gonna have a trucking, his trucking company is gonna benefit from this regulation because now they have to store the shipping containers two miles away. So all of these ignorant supply chain issues, Right down to the regulations. They're, they're going to get coded away. Industry best practices always defeat authoritarians. The end. So, all the industry best practices are going to take away all of, the, you know, Nancy Pelosi will be the last generation of stock trading portfolio sons of bitches in Washington. Because, that, I mean, that's all this game really is it's an information game. We live in an information age, and now the professional the professional okay, not in the medical profession, but at least in the you know in the hard sciences, this stuff is getting passed around real fast where yes, we're going to stack them four high and and when you realize that you're not going to stack them four high, then you realize you have to go change out a government because. These people have just bureaucratically parasitized an entire area and part of an industry. Watching movies like Goodfellas and uh, watch all the mafia movies and you'll start seeing about every way you can get into someone else's pocket. And the regulations ones are where the government just they get their way. It's so bullshit, man. Like, it's so everywhere that... I mean, it's in the White House. Joe Biden is is playing a game with everyone right now. Like, this is where we're at. An infantilized nation where Joe Biden plays a fucking game where he threatens people with regulations just to see how many of them
2: hyperventilate. Jeff, you have any questions? You look like you got... Your brain is over there, Stern.
3: I'm on information overload. I, so, I, uh, Donnie, full disclosure, I actually am a developer. Uh, but... Uh, I've never taken the leap to to get balls deep into uh, understanding crypto hashing and everything that's involved with it. But listening to you talk, whole, uh, now I've got twenty tabs open on my browser, ready to dive into. Go read my
0: first book and figure it out instead of playing. Listen, party politics are never going to function. Half of what you guys are doing is correct. It's called networking. The other half is called party politics, which will fail. I guarantee it. It was designed to fail. This is all designed so that people can feel like they're involved. But to be honest, the entire country has just been running on a printing press. It's been running on a black budget printing press. Catherine Austin Fitz found a $20 trillion hole. Lord, That's not a, that's not a hole in housing and urban development and DOD. That's a hole in the money system. You can't have a 20 trillion missing anything without a de facto hole in your money system. So when I say the entire, this is a huge Potemkin village with a big cash machine behind it. That's it. And as soon as that thing fails, I, they're putting in the infrastructure and all the Potemkins have no idea. The Potemkins have no idea what a dollar is. What was your first book? Direct Republic, the null hypothesis of politics, and it's automating a legislature. It's not just the like you do. You really need to understand the theory of a blockchain, but after that, it's you're going to use a blockchain. But you're going. Everyone will have a blockchain in their hands So it's the it's the
2: describing about how the human the human will do so. So you think crypto is going to be what gets us out of the fiat problem?
0: Yes. Uh, unequivocally, fiat is going away. Now I can't 90 days. No, no. Uh, 2030, you're the dollars you hold right now in 2030, even at the advertised Fed rate, 15% a year, eight years, you go do the math about what your purchasing power will look like, but my balls just started to ache saying that out loud. So That that eight years of 15% year over year, yeah, your money's gone in 2030. At the advertised rate today, your money is gone in 2030. So I don't know. Buy property. Hmm? Buy property. Well, remember, they print your home value inflates, they tax you at a higher rate because your home value went up. This is hitting everybody coming and going. It's designed. This is not an accident. So this fraud, some of this is just straight up fraud. And it's coming down like I look at this more like a Berlin Wall type thing. This is coming down. The question is, what kind of what kind of landing is it? And as long as the supply chains for food keep running and the power stays on, all was well. All is well. I was here in the 80s when there was no fucking internet. We will survive without the internet. You know, the internet goes out for six hours and people are in a paper bag in a corner. I'm like, you know, do you remember rotary dial anything? You know, remember when we didn't carry a supercomputer in our pocket? Remember that? Like,
2: so I, I thoroughly remember the 80s. I'm fine. I'm not panicking. I think the... uh the government and the bankers have like bought up so much Bitcoin that they essentially control it and are manipulating it. Is that basically? I'm saying that they
0: have a media station and that narrative is really what's kicking everybody's ass. And if everybody, like, you know, what the manner in which these people talk about Bitcoin, it sounds like there's a ton of people involved. There's obviously not. All the millionaires have not
2: tried to buy one, not even close. Do you think that's just, you know, old people, old rich guys not being up on the newest thing? Or do you think they're intentionally avoiding it because they know something we don't?
0: No, no, no. I mean, do the numbers. There are shit tons of those coins. At least 70% of the coins have not moved in, in multiple years. That's millions of millionaires who didn't get one. I mean, there's not even a rational supply and demand fight amongst millionaires. There is not a rational fight amongst millionaires for them. Michael Saylor seems to be the guy buying Bitcoins. And then I'll just, he's from MIT where Epstein was. So I notice a lot of scumbags and a lot of troublemakers seem to like Bitcoin.
2: That's what I noticed. So it is interesting that all of the development and like all of the the practical like real real world use case things projects they're all on ethereum and bitcoin is off by itself without that functionality so it is weird that all the hype is bitcoin instead of ethereum and you know
0: in the same period of time that you just spoke of ethereum what went from 50 to 1 to bitcoin to 11 point, under 12, it, it bumps under 12 today. So, while Bitcoin is getting talked up, Ethereum is going up and eating Bitcoin along the way. And and then we go, you know, when you get back to what is Bitcoin, it is a prototype. It's, it's the Model T, and I'm not going to, I don't argue against this thing being, you know, more of a collectible than a cash system. Let's put it that way. So I don't, I don't hate on Bitcoin as as an art piece or or a collectible or something like that. Will you be able to spend that art piece or collectible? Yeah, you'll be able to exchange it. It's one of these weird things. Um, it's kind of like where art and math meet. It, it really it's weird like that. So because you can spend your art directly. Cool. Then it, because you can do that with this particular system, you get all kinds of other things. You, you hear a lot of bullshit about NFTs and you know people have refrigerator art and it's a gajillion dollars. Okay. Here's where I say this is a Wall Street FUD narrative. And here's what they're covering up. They're covering up that land eating is being done on blockchain. And you can look up Propy, P-R-O-P-Y. And NFT is the ultimate kill your court. Like as soon as I found out you could, you could put a deed in your, in your wallet. I wrote that book because that was the end of the courthouse. I can now decentralize the deed system and I can make it objective. That way, nobody can mess with the deeds. Nobody can do commit eminent domain. Nobody can tax. So even if the system says so, when you put the deeds on a blockchain, you then have to militarily take the land because your your deeding system has worked around centralization point of theft and fraud. So you think crypto can make governments irrelevant, or at least the courts, the government courts? Crypto is going to turn every person into a senator. Don't be a dummy, because otherwise you'll just get You'll be the senator who gets kicked a lot, but but really everyone will be a senator. So if you don't go to the meeting and you don't put your money in the bucket and you don't show up, not every senator can do everything anyway. So it starts to rationally put you in your own space where you're only involved in the things you're involved in and you're not involved in the things that you're not and you're contributing to the things you're contributing to. And there's lots, it's so much simpler. To give you an example, your city runs on a sales tax. That's a bullshit word. This is a maintenance fee because that's what's taking care of the maintenance of the stuff around here. You use it. It's for infrastructure. Local infrastructure costs money. So sales taxes are really not a tax they are. And, and it should be known the difference between a tax and a fee. You are using the stuff in your area. You do drive on the streets. So when I say the merchants have taken care of the roads, the merchant is the one who's going to collect that fee. The end. you're glad to have the merchant. You're glad to have the road. You aren't glad to have a centralization point where your tax dollars get pissed into some ignorant education for your children. There there are so many social justice topics in school now that they're really, they should no longer be called public schools. They should be called government schools because that's what they are. So when there's no deed system, because the deed system is on the blockchain, that means no eminent domain and no land taxation. So really your eighth grade civics class gets To be eighth grade and ninth grade, and it gets about twice as long, but you don't like a bunch of this stuff that the government does. It's just not going to be able to do it anymore. That printing press is going to run out of steam. That which is left over, that which is worth maintaining, adult Americans will maintain. We do live on a land, you know, as far as I'm concerned, Canada and America and Mexico should all just be the same thing. Because having an immigration issue on the Texas border is dumb. Having it on the bottom of Mexico, down near, you know, this continent gets real skinny way down yonder. So if we could just head them off at the pass there and everybody who gets north of there, all you really have to do is train people and maybe screen them for certain diseases. But that's it. They have to be trained in at least like language. When you're training everyone to be your own senator, they're coming across the border and they're going to get an eighth and a ninth grade civics lesson. Welcome to America. Bureaucrats have made most of our lives ignorant and difficult. As a security expert, I don't give a shit about Joe Biden or his face. He is irrelevant. There is not one human being that should be in charge of this entire continent. There isn't one human being that should be in charge of the entire army. No, you should not have a singular chain of command. Every branch, it would be a good idea just to have the four branches of the military that we have, or five. Yeah, the, The Coast Guard apparently is its own. The Coast Guard should rationally be part of the Navy. The Marines should rationally be part of the Army. But then everybody should be allowed to say, no, no, this is a dumb fucking war. We're not going. That's really how it's supposed to be in real life but we're not paying attention to how stuff actually functions. We're being trained to do it like a bunch of idiots. Well, now there's enough technology around where we can start passing the word very fast and we can start breaking systems that have been here a long time. And it's going to get way weirder than this. This is the tip. We're playing just the tip right now.
2: For people who want to get started, do you think going through centralized exchanges is the best way or is there an alternative that for somebody to get started probably probably
0: um i don't even know like there's not a lot of decentralized exchanges available now i i use ether delta i used Binance before it was closed i don't use Binance us i have a bitrix account um i have a coinbase i had an abra centralized exchanges are most likely what's going to be best for most people It's going to let them throw their digital us dollars into crypto as fast as possible it's going to cost you kyc okay if you don't want people to know who you are
2: why yeah the governments make all those exchanges ask you a ton of questions and jump through a bunch of hoops but
0: To, to a certain extent there it doesn't really matter and here's why the trick is you're only moving your USD into crypto and you're not moving it back out. If you're going to move it back out, you have to be careful. You have to learn how to do that. Otherwise, you may accidentally commit a taxable transaction where you could have done that without it. Currency transactions are not taxable. You pay a fee to exchange with whoever you're exchanging currency with, but those aren't exchange. However, if you, if for some reason let me rephrase it can be interpreted by a prosecutor a la kyle rittenhouse jesus goddamn christ so because it can get so ignorantly interpreted you have to do the dance of when i move anything into usd that will be monitored and i just do this ball like i i make big brother watch You gotta get sadistic about it. I know what I'm doing. I'm gonna make you watch. I will move my crypto into DAI or USDC or USDT or BUSD or HUSD or some stable coin. And I will let it sit there for 24 hours. And after that, I will then move it into USD. No USD appreciation. Was gained from moving from a stable coin to USD.
2: So, I'm sorry, can you explain stable coins real quick for people who don't know?
0: So, a stable coin is just here's what it's supposed to be it's supposed to be a blockchain dollar. So, wherever you get it, there, you know, let's just say Binance, Binance has a BUSD account, and you put USD in this account, and then there should be USD pooped out on a blockchain at the end. It should if this, the smartest ones would just be a one-way street where it would be a Viking funeral. Your dollar would go up to this blockchain and it would incinerate and then become anew on the blockchain, and there that would be it. And that's not how all the that's not how all the fiat systems work. And this is the fundamental issue as to why you really have to, you know, you got to learn currency like a European. You got to understand that little bit of arbitrage you might get out of currencies because then you have to watch a coin of your choice along several pairs, your coin ETH, your coin dollar, your coin, Bitcoin, your coin BNB. And you got to watch all those pairs for what, when there's a move in Bitcoin, what happens to my coin? Because all of those pairs are kind of, um, uh, if you go watch the Fourier series video that Destin has from Smarter Every Day, you'll see how you you can braid a bunch of waveforms together. Well, all these charts are waveforms. Well, when you have five charts, you know, in a filing cabinet, if you had a filing cabinet full of charts, how would you braid them all together? And that's the answer is a Fourier series. Well, when you have to watch them just to see how they react around each other that's the fun part they react around each other because arbitrage is lucrative the bots
2: the people set up bots you don't think this is it's just bots it's not like people intentionally manipulating the prices or bots it well okay so listen when you're saying price and, and deals, i'm sorry like who's running the bots like what
0: is that it assumes you know. there's one bot there's one person and one bot nope Somebody has a better bot and it's closer and sometimes it misses. And remember, it's not one use case, it's every dummy trying. It's the successful ones plus every dummy trying.
2: So it it could be governments, it could be anybody programming Correct. in their basement.
0: Correct. Okay. So mining is the way you get the coin without competition, but you compete to mine. So at a certain point, you have to ask yourself, like How technically savvy are you? (laughs) you got to be real, 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 real savvy to play the mining game. People bought dams. People bought hydroelectric dams for cooling and for power just to run Bitcoin stuff. That's a lot. Man, who are you thinking you can compete? Like, I can't compete with anybody who could buy buy themselves a dam and renovate it to take computer equipment and now they can water cool the equipment because hell it's right there so you're competing with everybody on the planet every use case and some do it buys a hydroelectric dam and you feel like an idiot so rather than attempt to compete on said level i went into the market and said Why are these things moving around each other? And the answer was arbitrage. Because the Bitcoin-ETH pair and the ETH-Litecoin pair and the Litecoin-Bitcoin pair do not report to each other in USD, there was arbitrage available in crypto. It wasn't available in USD. And I murdered this shit in 2018 because I wasn't trading back into dollars. So I was waiting for these coins to offset against each other and I was just throwing them back and forth amongst themselves, running up my own score. But then my USD value of that portfolio, I sold none of the coins. I traded up, I traded up, I kept my crypto coins and then the USD value of that whole portfolio tanked even though I didn't sell nothing. I'm like, wait a minute, how do I not move anything out of this portfolio but the USD drops 90%? How does that happen? That's when my real my real career started. I had to go. I was on the journey. What is a United States dollar? I had to find out what it was because apparently I didn't know. How do you move a dollar price like a tide moves in and out along a shoreline? What? What? How? I want to know how. And the answer is you're going to offset Bitcoin and and Ethereum prices against the USD price of a smaller coin. So every small coin is trading in guai, trading in Satoshis and trading in pennies. And then they're just getting braided together in that Fourier series by adults because Fourier series does not appear in nature So then it's keeping those things all together to where I I can't eat those arbitrageable spreads anymore. Every time I try to go get them now, lo and behold, either that pair is closed, uh, that system is currently down for maintenance, it doesn't matter. Those spreads will not be available because adults are in charge. You can't, again, if this was accidentally happening, the coordination problem wouldn't be solved. I'd be finding those pairs. I'd be finding these places. They're not there. So that's how I figured out that what that Fourier series is doing is keeping me from Arbin like I
2: was. So this is like super advanced stuff. And it's some of it's going over my head, a lot of it. But like, what are the implications? Like, what are you? What can people take away from that as like practical?
0: Because... Because a Fourier series doesn't exist in nature, all I'm saying is that the crypto market is being paved for heavy traffic. It's being assembled by adults in plain sight. Nobody can stop participation. So even though that market is being assembled right now, if somebody that if if a billion people tried to participate in that tomorrow, it could be a real problem.
2: But nobody really knows it's there. So the cryptocurrency landscape is being set up to be ready to transfer the economy over to to that right
0: everybody has been told it's all about usd it's all about usd okay to a certain extent it's about usd but to a certain extent it's about system functioning and you know the eth litecoin and the litecoin bitcoin and the bitcoin ethereum pairs form a nice little arbitrage circuit that has nothing to do with dollars so when you look at the, those one unit, you know, there's the, the Bitcoin system is 21 million. The Litecoin system is 84 million. They're not all mined out yet. And then Ethereum is like 150 million. Those all have a relative value of one, but they have different liquidity pools and they have different use cases. So because that, that relative value of one is shifted by what? It's shifted by their USD price? Huh? So then you go back to Joe Lubin and he's like, this is a global operating system. So instead of looking at the USD value, you start just looking at what do all these other pairs do when, never mind the USD, what are all these other pairs doing? Like, holy shit. So you just really start looking at the computer talk to itself because everyone else is basically speaking to this financial machine in dollars they're speaking to it in fiat. But when you start watching the internal workings of the machine talk to itself, it it's still arbitrage, but the arbitrage is taking place in non-dollar pairs. So you're watching these non-dollar pairs move while you're watching the dollar pairs. Like, holy Jesus, this is like, it looks like a puppet
2: master. So, so there's you know, no, is there no one, um, I guess, unit of measure? Like if the USD is such a bad one, is there any that are, More reliable or you just have to watch how they move against each other?
0: Well, here's what I mean by reliable. Bitcoin is capped to 21 million. There's X amount in the world. A Bitcoin is divisible by 100 million. And nobody prints them. Litecoin is 84 million. They're mined and brought into the world. They're done in a unit of one, divisible by 100 million. Nobody prints them. USD divisible into 100 pennies, every penny printed, every dollar printed, every dollar not hinged to any relative value in three-dimensional space, not pegged to anything in the market, Not nothing. Pegged to absolutely nothing. Therefore, completely manipulable. <laughs> and I could just keep going to describe how that gets done. It'll just make your fucking head hurt, I promise.
3: <laughs> It'll just make your head hurt, but that's what die does. So quick question, Donnie. You were talking about the uh, uh the Fourier loop, and you're not able to anymore see any actual arbitrages in those uh groupings of coins you're monitoring. Is that true? Not okay, though they were crazy. They there were was crazy. a bunch of them at like really
0: disparate. I, I was trading one called Cloak and I was making a hundred thousand satoshis per trade per coin. <laughs> I was mopping. What, yeah. These were, 20, <laughs> these were $20 coins. I was trading a 100 of them at a time. And they would flex from like 160,000 Satoshi to 300, 320. Like they would just double. So I'd throw them out the window and buy them back again. Throw them out the window, buy them back again. <laughs> I was, But this is exactly... <clears throat> while I'm doing it, I'm sitting here going is this stable i'm i'm a weird video game player i've played dozens of hundreds of video games i started playing video games in the 80s i've played coleco vision through world of warcraft through starcraft 2 okay i have i've done them all i've got every game every video game mechanic you can play with i'm playing with while i'm watching these markets be put together at which point there's one mechanic that you don't have in any of your video games, zero. (laughs) It's not there. Everything's an affirmative input. Everything's an affirmative something. It's not a nothing. These people have figured out how to manipulate below zero because the zero in USD is not the zero in other things. Therefore, we can peg zero to something else and the USD zero is just a show. That's how an iceberg works. One ninth of the iceberg is above the water. Well, if you understand how an iceberg works and you understand that someone can drop your relative value below zero, now you got a whole iceberg worth of drop down there at 10X leverage, right? One above, nine below. You got 10X leverage worth of hiding below zero. It's every shitty game Wall Street can play. I don't think you understand. I'm pissed like... Every time I, <clears throat> I'm describing this to you, I'm describing how some Wall Street fuck commits fraud and how a blockchain system isn't going to allow him to do it anymore. I'm happy I'm glad, but it's just it gets really complicated. You have to remember all I've been doing is studying Sith Lords and Wall Street fucks, so I know how to get all of you. I'll steal all your stuff i'll you know you'll be wishing for squid game by the time I was done.
3: I have to jump off here, Donnie. I just want to know any other uh, uh, core advice that you could uh, impart for us. Like you have to
0: do your homework. You have to do lots and lots of homework. I have a podcast that will help. I I have a I have a podcast, and then I was on a bunch of podcasts. Not all, most of them are about decentralized legislation. Some of them are about crypto and money stuff. So just understanding. Uh, you have to do a lot of research before you put a lot of money in. However, go put $50 in just to make your guts hurt. It will. It, it's, it's only $50, but you'll start watching it and you'll start thinking about it more and you'll start dragging yourself through more of the homework because you're just a little bit invested in it. But don't put big money in until you've done enough homework to say, I know why I'm doing this. To give you an example, I'm like, that's a Fourier series. I, I, I'm in my, I'm sitting in my garage alone going, that's a Fourier series. That doesn't happen in nature. According to all of these readings, I should buy this because this isn't a price signal. This is some mathematical equation that's shitting itself out into nature. Mm-mm, that's not how that happens. Somebody is performing maintenance or... Or security or something here. So that's how I ended up down to Syscoin. When you're doing investing in the market, you're down to these people just purchased a gold mine. So if they go bankrupt, there's still this land to sell, and I'll get my share, I'll get my money out of this company back because I'm on the A shit. You know, I have A shares. They're gonna sell this piece of there's a $12 million piece of property. I'm getting my money back. That's a good that's a good deal for you. Probably not the guy getting C shares,
2: but it's a good guy, It's a good deal for the guy getting A shares. So just make sure you're getting A shares when you're buying. Can you talk about the, the weird thing where Syscoin spiked to 96 Bitcoins one day?
0: I was watching a bunch of coins on charts way back when, and I found a half a dozen of them that spiked up to one Bitcoin, two Bitcoins, four Bitcoins. Veritasium was the one that spiked to four Bitcoins. Then Propy, the one I was talking about, the Land Deed one, that one spiked to two on these charts. And I'm like, that can't be right. Those things were 30,000 Satoshis. One Bitcoin is 100 million. That's not a little bump. That's a huge bump. I'm like, okay, so I get real incredulous about all this. Then one of them spikes to 96. Now, my understanding is that that trade was either never settled or something. The the point is it got me to start looking at these systems differently. If you think someone was trying to trade that, everyone's crazy. But if they were doing systems testing and they were testing money velocity and who can handle how much, wow, look at that, this magical many TPS coin goes right off the charts when they step on the gas. Whoop, right all the way through the roof because they step on the gas. Okay, that makes a hell of a lot more sense than most of what people are telling you about how you know, prices are formed. The more you listen to these people, they're magical conjurers of the word value. Every time they're supposed to give you the next piece of the puzzle, value shows up because the word doesn't mean anything you insert your subjective desire into that space that's what a value is Boop.
2: so do you think a lot of the ethereum uh projects will move over to syscoin or like what do you think is stopping that from happening so far it uh,
0: when you say they move, I don't mean that the contract leaves Ethereum and goes to Syscoin. It just means that the liquidity might move from Ethereum, you know, a bunch of the liquidity might move over to Syscoin so that it can move
2: quickly. Okay. Well, I know they I know Syscoin is trying to get new projects launched on their Level two that just started or is about to start.
0: That's projects launched. I'm saying all of the stable coins that are ERC 20 tokens can just go over to Syscoin and run really fast. You don't need any change to the base
2: contract to do that. So that, and that just does the same thing as Ethereum, but faster and cheaper, right? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's where
0: those stable coins will be just a, you'll be able to use them at the store and you won't be
2: paying an Ethereum gas fee. So you would expect more projects to go with the cheapest fashion, fastest option versus Ethereum where, because uh, it it's, I, I guess everybody's waiting on Ethereum too, 2.0. Ethereum but isn't an option. That's, that's okay. the fun part. If, if you
0: move a hundred million stable coins, a hundred million USDC, it costs, X amount of Ethereum, but if you move one USDC, it costs the same amount of Ethereum, and it's more than a dollar. Yeah. So nobody's going to be moving small purchases on Ethereum. Um, that's how you know it's another maximalist debunking point. If you have a million dollar Bitcoin and fifty, it's fifty dollar transaction fee. Does the world even bother pricing eggs in Satoshis when the transaction fee is so much more expensive? And then you look at, you have to understand a lot of the world is kind of fiaty. like we value stuff in dollars. There's land and there's no dollars in existence for this piece of land. If you want to buy this piece of land, you have to go find dollars. and and roll them across this piece of land to make that transaction happen. All of your stocks, for the most part, are nothing but a fiat sump. You just put fiat in there, the value of the fiat might go up and down, but the overall liquidity pool of dollars is somehow soaked up by land, it gets soaked up by stocks, it gets soaked up by cars. All of the, oil, gold. Gold is money and oil is currency. So you're going to keep the gold. The oil is going to get processed and it's going to disappear. The land will still be here regardless of a house on it. That car is eventually going to rot and become gone. So we value a currency, but it's not a money. So we're not stacking solid, tangible things against other solid, tangible things and stacking disposables against, you know, durables against durables and non-durables against non-durables. We're not doing that. We're using this magical valuable tool to just slap a stamp on everything. So if you were to actually let the dollar die and attempt to value everything in Bitcoin, Bitcoin would be worth a billion dollars a piece because all of the land and all of the cars and all of the eggs, all of the everything would have to then get passed around in Bitcoin. Like it just doesn't doesn't make any sense like that but when you make a multi-currency world it's irrelevant the, the currencies then work for
2: you because they attack each other what are some of like of the cool projects or like interesting ways crypto is being used practically that people may not know about De- listen deeds
0: and money like deeds and money change the way humans function period there there won't be na- if there are nation states there will be, they will be global nation states, and you will be not. You know, some people will. Run, it'll be what's that movie where there's like five clans? One of them is Dauntless and Candor, and what? Like, will it'll just be like that, where it doesn't matter where you live, and we don't have politics like that. And some people kick in on defense, so some people don't like that because those ones might be violent politics is such a dumb thing, like when you when you do politics in a small town, it's supposed to work out a lot but it usually works out better. but when when people are broke and when people from your state capital are in charge, it gets bad. When people from the state capital show up with money, all of a sudden nobody's broke, but now now your sovereignty goes down the road. And this is what has happened for hundreds of years. All of the sovereignty in your little small town got picked away,
2: picked away, picked away, picked away. You think that people will be able to like buy coffee with crypto like just like seamless any, like anytime soon? I mean, what do you yes. think the timeline is?
1: Yeah,
0: Like within the next year, there were some places that were advertising that they were going to take crypto this year. However, I have watched the Biden administration kick several cans down the road where they don't want to address an issue. And here's where I go back to, we're living in the huge Potemkin village. Donald Trump could have released a whole bunch of that JFK stuff. Why didn't he? The answer is that whole fiat money machine is a weapon of war. And because it's a weapon of war, Nobody really understood how the economy was propped up by it. And he couldn't tell everybody because if he did, the systems, when the systems have a problem, you have to have the infrastructure underneath them to catch it. Ciscoin is just really getting to the place now where it could handle a lot of traffic. Like it could have handled some baseline traffic before, but it's only getting to a lot of traffic now. Like 210,000 TPS is...
2: Almost all the other blockchains put together is oh, what that is. So what does that mean practically having that much TPS? What does that enable it to do? Um uh, you're <laughs> saying like it it's that doesn't it can be used all over the world at the same time for transactions and that
0: doesn't re- that doesn't really replace Visa to give you that idea. Visa is it's not a secure system. That's the issue. Visa is a big network that they they monitor themselves, really, because they don't want to be defrauded. But so, and then in the next year, that's going to go up to about, like I said, once everything is interoperable, it's looking like 4 million, and that's supposed to be Q422. But That, and listen, to a certain extent, I don't understand why some of this isn't happening now. Because while you don't, the systems that are there, well, Visa is probably more reliable than crypto today. However, that's, as soon as that changes, you'll be able to use stable coins. You'll be able to use crypto at the store. You know, if Doge is a dollar, you can and you can pay for carrots in Doge. I guarantee there'll be a lot of money velocity because there's a lot of people who bought Doge. Doge is 17 cents today. So if you go spend 500 dollars in Doge, and that goes to a dollar, you will be three grandish. Where did you look that you said
2: Sis X was was somehow? Uh, I try to find it. It's been months since I did it. I think it, it was either on. One inch or uh, Uniswap, yep. one of those. Yep. And I, I put it in and because I didn't know, I didn't really know much. I was just, I knew that SysX was, you know, the ERC20, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so I just put it in because I was, I'd been listening to you and, and it was, I think I have some screenshots somewhere I can send them to you. Uh, but that's a
0: signal. Listen, that's called signals intelligence. When you can find a mathematical discrepancy somewhere. Now, there are certain things that can throw errors. So I'm not saying you
2: see a one-time error. Well, and now what does that mean? Like, that doesn't mean that one Syscoin equals one Ethereum, does it? Or does it? Well, here's why I'm looking
0: at this. When you're talking about USD price, clearly that's not correct. Right. But when you're talking about functioning, I don't know how a very savvy arbitrage feller will not figure out how to roll that bridge. Well, you, you've you talked about CZ, the guy that owns Binance, right? Right. At which point I st- I've found enough signals coming out of there that to me, the trick is not to roll the bridge. The trick is to roll the market and let that bridge just... It looks to me like if I call, I think CZ is in charge of the great reset. So is that
2: is he a good guy or bad guy? you you've talked about
0: you no, think so? he, he's operating in the open, listen, he's still
2: alive. He would be fucking dead for playing this game. Well, you've talked about how he's way ahead of the politicians. I've tried to look find out about him, but what do you know about him? He's the owner of
0: binance so right. when when i when I say I have signals coming out of binance, he's in charge it's his joint, it's his outfit, and then um Days that certain pairs get open and closed. Syscoin used to have three primary pairs, Syscoin Bitcoin, Syscoin Ethereum, and Syscoin BNB. And then at strategic moments, the Ethereum and BNB pairs were closed and other fiat, fiat gateways were opened up. So you think there was some arbitrage going on? No, I'm certain that it was going on. I was doing it. And when I couldn't do it anymore, there was only one guy left on earth who could. Okay. So you were doing it and then it got shut off and every opportunity I can get to run an arbitrage loop, I would try. And if I couldn't, I would find out why. So when I start finding that there, every time I try to go play fuckery in the market, someone, an adult has told me, no, what I am finding is that, those, that the, the market is being, it's, that's architecture, okay? This is infrastructure being installed to prevent or catch a fiat collapse. And I don't think Donald Trump released those records because he couldn't let certain pieces of information out or the whole Potemkin village comes crashing down before the supply chains are put up, before the money system is fixed, before all these things happen, now they're all talking about June or January 2022. All these social media platforms. Trump's got a social media platform coming out. I'm watching the political sphere lose. It's losing to adults who know how to build stuff. They're not taking no for an answer. And you gotta put out a newsletter or do more episodes or something you. Yeah. Listen, the thing is, it doesn't change. If you go listen to all the stuff I've already done, you'll hear all of this again. Listen, most of the fucking liberty sphere is nothing but clickbait retards looking for Patreon money. Wow. They're putting out content, the same kind of content you put in a porta potty clicks and likes and shares. That's what they're about. They're not about doing anything interesting. Remember when everybody was libertarians and they would sit around labeling each other? Now, still going on. They're post libertarians. Yeah. Still doing it. Same thing. So, they're talking their game and they're collecting their clicks and their likes and their shares. What are they really doing? They're not fixing any of the problems. They're not participating in any real solutions. And some of this stuff is coming out. If I put together software and expected it to run on the old internet, it might not even work right. Because the people who run the old internet might intentionally try to thwart my ship by turning some re- this reroute shit on me. So it wouldn't work. So now I'm looking at Web3 come up and like, "Hmm? I have foreseen this shit for a long time to the level of
2: I wrote books on it. What do you think is like the possibility of like a complete like infrastructure meltdown or just like, I don't know, the powers that be being so terrified of crypto that they shut down the internet or something? Almost zero. No. Is it impossible or that you just don't think they would do it? Shutting down the
0: internet is really. A concept, the internet is not owned by one person. It doesn't have a switch. If one thing gets unplugged, it doesn't come apart. It would have to be a cataclysm, at which point it becomes far worse than internet lossage or lossage of crypto. Or they have to hit like power in an area. It's, it's really a piecemeal effort. I don't think Trump could have used the emergency broadcast system if he wanted to, what do you because, say that? That, because that's a, the, the infrastructure that you're infra, that, the emergency broadcast system actually used by it's not owned by the government. That's all just a bunch of private companies that agreed to let the FCC put a screeching tone over it and some messages. But when they decide to not to, because they don't like that president, because that president isn't part of the, the Democrat-Republican club, then, he, then I don't think he could have. I think there was a plan to maybe use the emergency broadcast system. I think they told him no. All, the, all of the, the normie people are starting to talk about adoption now. And they're not. They're using way numbers bigger than me. Ralph Powell is talking like 100 to 500x or something like that, like 100x more users
2: hundred to 500 X more users. I'm like, Hmm. Yeah. Once, I mean, we're it's so, I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm talking out my ass, but like it's, I can kind of see the big picture of what's coming. Uh, I mean, I, to some extent, like, I mean, it's going to, it's going to be insane. The, the development and the projects that are launched over the next few years. I mean, the NFT thing was a big deal and, you know, it's going to be something else, but I mean, there's going to be practical use cases like you know about syscoin and the the developers and they have a, a company where they basically onboard businesses mm-hmm. and they they're putting them on syscoin they're they're using syscoin to you know create all their tokens and everything i mean that's real world stuff yep
0: and when we get back to it man i i find, i've been in that syscoin discord a lot and i know that when they have an nda they don't talk so when they don't talk I go in there and talk and then the non-BCF people, the, the freelance developers, they'll all start trying to fud me because they don't want everybody to know the information that I put yeah, out. I've seen
2: everybody kind of doesn't know how to take you or thinks you're crazy or whatever. And
0: yeah, well, if you really seen some of those conversations, it's either I know what I'm talking about and the devs don't or no one does. What do you it's think? I think it's not. They do, and I don't. It's either I do or no one does because they're arguing against USD price manipulation, the way a lawyer argues, not the way a curious developer would argue, trying to find a hole. So you think
2: the Syscoin devs know all this? No, or I yes, or so? yes. I don't. Do you think? Do you think they're like? Uh, in bed with yeah, the bankers or whatever, or do you think they're just... No, it's not ready yet. I have fundamentally
0: had some of my um, social media stuff, like, what do they call it? Shadow ban. So I I have put out information in venues, and I have fundamentally, in an electronic manner. Gotta remember, I was a military intelligence guy. I know there's shit on my phone that doesn't belong here because I didn't put it there. I know somebody put it there. I don't care. Okay, I'm fundamentally certain that my communications are being monitored. The manner in which I do this is with my pants off and I make them watch. So I know I'm not doing anything illegal. I also know how to automate a legislature. And I started throwing the book out for free because somebody who tried to take like you could take my intellectual property if I make it intellectual property. But when I don't, you can't. So I'm certain that that's how you automate a legislature. I'm certain I threw that out the window for free, and then I got my social media accounts banned, <laughs> okay? They just don't travel anymore. No one sees them all of a sudden. It's like, yes, that means I am correct. It's very difficult to get anybody from the War Department to call you and tell you you're onto something. They don't. They'll tell you to shut the fuck up quietly. That's how I know I'm on something. I live in the real world. Until somebody tells me no. The answer is yes. So once yeah. I, I am now getting affirmative pushback on all my Twitters and my LinkedIn account was real popular until it got shut the fuck down. So it looks
2: like you're, you're over the target. Sounds like. Correct. So now I'm not worried about it too much. Well, man, I really appreciate it. And I'll let you go. But uh, oh, go thanks on. for coming on. Well, that's it. That's the whole thing. I thought this was a great episode. Go listen to Donnie's show, The Direct Republic Podcast, and go check out his website, politics.com. And if you want to check out the Mises Caucus, visit takehumanaction.com. Thank you.
1: When all of your flaws and all of my flaws are laid out one by one. Wonderful part of the mess that we made, we pick ourselves under. All of your flaws and all of my flaws, they lie there hand in hand. Ones we've inherited, ones that we learned, they pass from man to man. There's a hole in my soul, I can't fill it, I can't fill it, and there's a hole in my soul. Can you feel it, can you feel it? You've always wanted